0: Amen. Ephesians chapter number six. We're going to be picking up where we left off earlier today. So this will be kind of a continuation of the shield of faith. Quick background. Look at verse number 10. Remember this always. It says in verse number 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might." So just so you get it. Who is God asking you to be strong in? Not yourself. He's not asking you to be strong in your denomination. He's not asking you to be strong in your church. He's not asking you to be strong in what your pastor said or what your favorite evangelist said. He's asking you to be strong in him. Amen? Being strong in the Lord is resting on what he said and trusting his word. Being strong in the Lord is resting in the fact that God said the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord, so when we go into battle, we go with confidence, knowing it's not about us, it's about God, amen? Do you know that that's why David had confidence when he fought Goliath? He had confidence because Goliath had defied his God, not him. He didn't say, who's this giant who defied me? He said, who's that giant that defied our God? Defied the God of Israel, amen? And so we've got to remember the battle belongs to the Lord, Amen. And if you're in a battle and it don't have nothing to do with the Lord, you might want to get out of it, Amen. If you spend all day calling into Rush Limbaugh and arguing about politics and stuff like that, that might not be a battle you need to be in. And there are times we need to raise our voices. We need to raise our voice for, you know, for the little children, Amen. But God has called us to wage holy war by the Spirit and to remember the battle belongs to him. So, whenever you're talking about the armor of God and what we're talking about the armor of God, the reason being is because it's for spiritual war. You don't need the armor of God if you're not in spiritual war, but you are in spiritual war, so you need the armor of God. Amen? If you're not walking in everything that God has for you, as we said earlier today, you're a sitting duck. So um, let's move down just for the sake of time. Look at verse number 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That is the tricks of the devil. God wants you to wear this armor so that you do not fall for what the enemy's throwing at you. And one of the things that he calls us to use is the shield of faith, which is in verse number 16. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It is possible, it is possible for you to live a life that is, that is, the enemy completely misses with his fiery darts if you'll take up the shield of faith it says you shall be able to quench all of them and i you know all means all right all means all all the time you don't need to go to the greek to look up what the word all means it means all and so when we're talking about the fiery darts of the wicked, we are, we are definitely talking about the things that the enemy can do in our lives. We can, we're talking about those thoughts. We're talking about those things that he does. We're talking about persecution, affliction. We're talking about those things that will come at you in the, out of the middle of nowhere. Sometimes, you know, it's good to remember that in our thought life, the enemy will attack us and we are called to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ according to 2nd Corinthians amen now one of the things that we want to look at is, as we're talking about the shield of faith is over in first Timothy chapter number six so turn with me over there to first Timothy chapter number six the reason that God calls us to take up the shield of faith is because without it, without the word of God in front of us. Now, let me let me back step just a second just so we're all on the same page. Faith is believing what God said. Faith is trusting God. Faith, is, it comes by revelation. But it is what God has said even when you don't see it. Whenever God called Abraham and he told him he was going to give him a son, Abraham had to believe without seeing. That's what faith is. Faith is believing without seeing. Sometimes we make all kinds of weird, but faith is just believing. But believing what? Believing what I said, she said, they said. No, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of who? That's where faith comes from. It comes from what God has said. If you begin to trust and believe what a man has said, you will fall on your face and not in the good way because you'll be let down. God won't let you down. God's word is eternal. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, amen, will endure forever. His word is what we put our faith in. And and the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our shield of faith is when we believe and trust what God has said beyond what we see with our eyes. This is the fight we're talking about. This is the fight we're talking about. When When we come upon opposition to the things that God has said every night that Abraham went to bed without a child there was a fight between his ears and in his heart when you know what God has promised but you don't see it there's a battle between the ears and in the heart so we've got to get to that place where we trust what God says amen this is the shield of faith. The shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the wicked, it says. The shield of faith is, is, is amazing. One of the things that I want to show you here in 1 Timothy is that faith is a fight. Don't ever forget that. Faith is a fight. Watch what he says here. What, look at what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up in verse number 11. But thou, O man of God, Flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereinto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Look back up in the first part of that. The apostle Paul says to fight the good fight of faith. How many, do you know how many believers are fighting the wrong fight? How many believers are fighting by factions? How many times has the enemy divided us? How many times has the enemy got us to get distracted by things that do not matter as we spoke about earlier? How many times has the enemy got us to wage war on things that are inconsequential? All to divide the body of Christ. We've got to remember that faith is a fight, and we've got to hold fast together the word of God. We've got to hold fast together in one spirit. And one of the things that we, we see right here is laying hold on eternal life. Now, one of the things is you can't see eternal life with your eyes. You lay hold on eternal life by faith. It is by faith that you lay hold on it. How do you lay hold on it? By believing what God said. That on the cross, Jesus bore our sins. That on the cross, God made available to you and me access to himself. That on the cross, he willingly offered himself for us. That he died for our sins, the Bible says. And that three days later he rose from the dead, triumphing right over death, hell, and the grave. And he's alive today, and he's alive forevermore. This is how we lay hold on eternal life: is remembering the gospel. Remembering the gospel. What good does it do for a church to have a business meeting if it don't lay hold of eternal life? If the church doesn't focus on the gospel, what good is it? The church has got to get back to that place where the main thing is the main thing. Lay hold on eternal life means get lost in the beauty of the cross. Get lost in the wonder of the cross. Don't you know, for all of the ages, we're not gonna sing anything about how beautiful our buildings were. We're not gonna sing about how how many people walked through the doors of our churches. But you know what we're gonna sing? Worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Worthy is that lamb that gave his life for a wretch like me. Worthy is Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're going to be worshiping Jesus. We're not going to be exalting a church. We're not going to be exalting people. We're going to be exalting the man, Christ Jesus. So that when the Bible says to lay hold on eternal life, we're talking about that which you cannot see. This is the gospel. It says, don't lay hold on these, you know, you don't have to worry about all those things that churches get involved in building programs and, and, and ministry programs. Every ministry every building should be founded on one simple essential truth that Christ died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. Amen. That's the one essential truth the church has got to be built on. And if we build on anything else we are laying hold of not eternal life but we're laying hold of worldly life. Now, faith is a fight. Make no mistake, God said it through Paul. Faith is a fight. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. I want you to know that when you stand up and you believe on Jesus, amen, and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the fight is on. And it is a fight. But as we said earlier, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let me show you something in Galatians chapter 5 real quick. Galatians chapter number 5. Talking about the battle. And the battle belongs to the Lord. Real quick, Galatians 5. Sometimes people say, you just don't understand what it's like. You just don't know what I'm going through. You know what? None of us know what you're going through and none of y'all know what anybody else is going through because we all go through it. We all have battles. We all have battle scars. We've all been whooped on some days and we've all stood victorious on some days, but we all go through it. Faith is a fight. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. But so many times people say, you just don't understand what I'm going through. You, you know, if you had to go through what I had to go through, you wouldn't be so, oh, God is good. Well, you know what? The Bible does tell us not, not to sing to those that are mourning. It does say that. But you know what? God gives joy Always. God gives joy always. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what you're going through, no matter how much mourning you're in, God is there with you. He said he'd never leave you, right? He said he'd never forsake you, right? He said you'll never go anywhere where he's not there. He's the comforter who abides with you. His presence goes where you go because he's in you because you're the temple of the living God. So everywhere you go, he's with you. He's in you. Amen. He's moving through you. This is that promise of God, of the abiding of the Holy Spirit in you and in me. And where he is, there is joy. Where he is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Do you know that there are things that the enemy can do to you, but there are also things he cannot do to you. There is a line he cannot cross, amen? That bloodline, can't cross it, can't cross it. I remember one time I had a, a, a dog that wasn't really any good and every time we took him for a walk, he walked us. And um, he was crazy. He, he would was, he was just go everywhere. And I was telling my grandpa about it one time, and he said, all you got to do is jerk him a flip. <laughs> I said, do what? I kind of understood by context what he meant. But he said, jerk him a flip. Pull real hard. Make him flip. He'll stop. Okay, I'll try it. Well, he didn't get the message. But every, every time he you know, went where he wasn't supposed to, we would jerk him a flip. But why am I telling you that? Do you know that the enemy's on a leash? Do you know that when the enemy gets too close to that bloodline, God jerks him a flip? Amen? Do you know that the Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? Amen? Amen. And isn't the devil the one that rules the air of the world right now? Amen? But greater is he that's in you. He can't cross that bloodline. Every time he gets too close to it, God pulls him back. God said, you can't have that one. That one belongs to me. God said, you can't have that one. You can't cross that bloodline. That one has called on my name. That one has believed on what I did. That one belongs to me. I have redeemed that one with my own blood. We have been bought with the price, amen? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. And he will not allow the enemy to cross that line. It's too precious in his sight. And So many people, they say, you just don't understand what I go through. And if you had to go through what I got to go through, you wouldn't have joy. Well, let me show you something in verse number 16. In, in, in Galatians 5 verse number 16 he said this I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh you know what the answer to, to, to not falling is walk in the spirit do you know my you know, y'all know my way of saying that verse I know y'all know my way of saying that verse if you're not front sliding what are you doing backsliding You're either front sliding or back sliding. If you're not walking in the spirit, you know what you're doing? You're indulging the flesh. If you're not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you are a sitting duck. You have lowered the shield of faith and you have allowed the enemy to run roughshod in your life when God never intended for that to happen. Let me tell you, flip back over there to 1 Timothy 6 real quick. I just had to make that detour, but I got somewhere I want to go. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Now watch this. Fight the good fight of faith. How many of y'all know that the, fate, the, the fight doesn't stop? Until you get to the other side of glory, the the fight doesn't stop. Until you're walking on streets of gold, come on. There will always be a fight for your faith. There will always be a battle between the enemy and you. The battle is not between the enemy and God. It's between the enemy and you. And this is what I want you to know. All of us in here tonight are either warriors or whiners. We're either fighting the good fight of faith. We're either spiritual warriors or we're spiritual whiners. I just. God said there's one or the other. You're either fighting the good fight of faith or you're not fighting. You have done, you're either, you've either got the shield of faith extended, protecting yourself from every fiery dart of the wicked one, or you've lowered it down and you're complaining on Facebook all the time about everything. Warrior or whiner. God wants you to be a warrior. God wants you to put on the armor of God. God wants you to stand up and fight, and having done all to what? He wants you to be a warrior. He said the battle belongs to him, but if if you'll fight, God will fight through you. But if you whine and you lower down that shield of faith, You are no longer fighting. You are complaining. And there is one thing that we can tell beyond a shadow of a doubt from the Old Testament. One thing God absolutely does not like is a complaining spirit. A whining spirit. It's to this, Lord. It's to that. It's to this and it's to, you know, it's always going to be something. I'm going somewhere. Just hang on. It's always going to be something. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have cried about, the fire's too hot. Lord, I won't bow to any other king, but the fire's too hot. I don't see anybody else having to go in the fire. Why me? Daniel. Daniel. Nope, I've I've read the Bible over and over and over. I don't see anybody else getting thrown into the lines. Why me, God? Why do I gotta do this? Nobody else gotta do what I gotta do. You don't see them doing that, why? He's a warrior, not a whiner. Which are you? Which are you? God's called you to fight the good fight of faith. God has called us to lay hold on that eternal promise. Lay hold on eternal life. Get our eyes up to the cross. Get our eyes up to our Savior. Get our eyes off of the could've, would've, should've, and get our eyes on he who endures to the end. Get our eyes on the one who loves us. Get our eyes on the one who died for us. Get our eyes on the one who is alive forevermore. Get our eyes on Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. He's called us to fix our eyes on him. He's called, us to, he's called us to not be whiners. You got, amen? But a lot of us whine. So why is it that a lot of us whine? It's because we are fixated on that which is temporal. I'm going to show you that in a second. The temporal things of life are exactly that, temporal. But when you're going through trials and tribulations, they really don't seem very Temporal. When we lose our job, it doesn't seem very temporal. When we lose a loved one, it doesn't seem very temporal. When we lose our peace, it doesn't seem temporal. When we lose our way, it doesn't seem temporal. But God said it is. I I give you those examples of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. These these four Hebrew boys over in Babylon, right? Not even at home; they were in Babylon and what what their circumstances were hard but their circumstances were temporal and they trusted a god who is eternal they were warriors not whiners fighting the good fight of faith takes a spirit of fighting see if you're not ready to fight you as we said earlier are a sitting duck let me show you something in 2nd Timothy chapter number 4 it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible this is Paul's charge to Timothy before he goes to lay down his life it's amazing how many people were martyred in the Bible prophets people don't like prophets And people don't like Christians. But you know, I I said earlier, they can burn our bodies and they can burn our book. But they can't stop Jesus. They can't stop the gospel. They can't stop the gospel. You know that there will be a time in the book of Revelation when there's no one here on earth preaching and the Holy Spirit's going to preach the everlasting gospel. It's going to be an amazing thing. God will always have a witness. God will always have a witness. God will get the glory. God rules and reigns. God will get the glory. But before Paul is martyred, um, one of the things, look, he says um, in verse number one, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now, that ju- the judging the quick and the dead, the, that word quick there means made alive. If you're not familiar with that term, let me help you out. When a baby is born back in the day, the the doctor would pat the baby on the back or the bottom, and the baby would take its first breath. (gasps) Medically, they called that the quickening. So when the Bible says that Jesus judges the quick and the dead, he's the one who determines those that are born again and those that aren't. It all comes on whether you believe on Jesus Christ or not. That's why he's the judge of the quick and the dead, those that are born again and those that aren't. And look what he says in verse number two. Preach the word. Don't you wish some folks would do that? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, why are we saying that? Well, I want you to see that in this last moment, when when Paul is getting ready to depart and he's giving Timothy these last instructions, right before this, he's giving him this charge. Look, above all, I want you to preach the word, don't preach your denomination. Don't preach your schooling. Don't preach a man. Preach the word. Preach Jesus. Be instant in season and out of season. What does that mean? That means at all times be ready to go. Have the word of God on your mouth and in your heart. At all times be ready to share the hope that is in you. Amen? Don't be sharing your hopelessness. Share the hope of God that's in you. Don't be that whiner. Don't be that complainer. Be that warrior that is ready to share the gospel with the whosoever is out there. Because God needs more laborers. Amen. So he says, preach the word and listen, listen to this charge. And he goes through this thing, which we all know, right? That the church is going to go after those teachings that are that are that go after the fleshly lust for itching ears, right? We all know that. One of the things I want to show you is what comes next. What comes next? Because how many of you know that a lot of times you preach the truth, not everybody likes to hear it? Sometimes it's, it's, that's too much. I don't like that, right? Look what it says they're going to turn away from the truth and be turned into fables and that's what most is on christian tv is fables by the way stories pep talks flesh tickling fables you know what a fable you know what a fable will do for you in the midnight hour when when life falls apart you know what a fable will do for you nothing nothing It will not help you one bit, but what will? The word of God. It does not return to God null or void, but it accomplishes every single thing that God set it out to accomplish, and if you'll receive the word of God in your life, God will do a rich, amazing work in you. God will bring peace beyond measure, he will bring joy into your soul, and he will lift you out of that miry clay. He will put a new song in your heart, amen, and he will renew your mind through his word. Through his word. And watch this. Those fables won't do anything for you but the word of God. That's why he said preach the word. They're going to turn to fables, but you just keep preaching the word. Verse number five. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered at the time, and the time of my departure is at hand. Listen to this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What did he do? He kept that shield of faith out in front of him. He kept that shield of faith out in front of him. That's the only, he said, I have kept the faith. He didn't say, I did it. He said, I kept holding on. I kept the faith. I did not let, watch two verses up. He said, endure afflictions, right? Listen. He did not let the afflictions cause him to lower the shield of faith. And I want to charge you tonight. I want to charge you tonight. Don't let the afflictions of life cause you to lower the shield of faith, turning you into a whiner instead of a warrior. God is raising up warriors for his kingdom. God is raising up a nameless, faceless army. God is raising up men and women all over the earth that love nothing more than Jesus Christ, don't want the glory for themselves, want all the glory to go to God, want to see his kingdom restored, want to see the Lord come back, want to see the enemy vanquished, want to see God do amazing things, want to see marriages restored, want to see the hearts of the children and the fathers restored, want to see God do a work. This is what God is calling us to do But if we cannot endure the afflictions, the shield of faith will be dropped. That verse 16, it said, Above all, above all, take up the shield of faith, quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked. Do you realize that if you don't take it up, those fiery darts are gonna penetrate? Doesn't matter how pretty or shiny your armor is. Doesn't matter how much you know. Doesn't matter, none of that. If you will not take up the shield of faith, the fiery darts will hit. Amen. How many of y'all know that there are many people? Many people. I. It, it sometimes it just it, it causes you to weep when you see people that were on fire for God at some point in time. And. And for whatever reason, they lowered that shield of faith. Maybe it was because they went through a trial. Maybe they lost a job or a loved one. Or maybe, you know, sometimes you just get disappointed and disillusioned because things didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out. And disillusionment will cause you to lose faith. And when you lose faith, you drop the the shield. And when the shield has been dropped, the enemy sows those darts into your heart and into your mind and they will cause you to think things that aren't true they will cause you to go off on tangents they will cause you to lose heart and lose faith they will cause you to go down road you never intended on going down how how do we know this because every church in america if every person that w- that was there and on fire for god 10 years ago was in church today every church would be full Why aren't all those pews full from people that were there 10 years ago? Because they dropped the shield of faith. They've allowed disillusionment and disappointment to to sow discord in them, and they've dropped the shield of faith. This is an important verse I want you to see. He said to endure afflictions. Watch thou in all things endure afflictions. I don't want to go through an affliction, do you? I don't want to go through an affliction. How many of us like it when affliction comes and knocks? Nobody. Nobody likes to get those phone calls. Nobody likes to get the bad report. Nobody likes it when the bottom falls out. Amen? But the charge is to endure it. Now, how do we endure it? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But let me me get on this first before we get there. He said, watch thou in all things. In other words, one of my favorite phrases in the New Testament is this be sober for multiple reasons. One, because I used to be a drunk and God delivered me from alcohol. Amen. (laughs) So I love that. I love that, be sober. But do you know that there's a spiritual truth when God says to be sober? It's a spiritual truth. It is to be vigilant in your spirit. To not allow yourself to go down the road where you shouldn't go down. To not allow the fire to diminish. To not allow, the, the, to not allow God to, to take a lower place in your life than he ought to. To always burn for God. In other words, to front slide. Be sober means to watch Be sober means to make sure that there is nothing lowering. You should always at all times be monitoring everything. If you're not worshiping like you should, sober up. Because something has taken the place of God. If you're not in your word like you should, sober up. Because something has taken the place of God in your life. If you're not loving God like you should, sober up. Get a reality check. Come to your senses. Wake up because God's not where he should be in our lives. Jesus said to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Period. First and foremost, that is the first thing. If you don't do that one, you can't do the next one, which is love your neighbor likewise. You've got to first and foremost love God with all that you've got. Everything that we do should be directed to him. And if everything we do is directed to him, guess what? It will overflow to others. If we're doing this right, this will be natural overflow. But if you can't love God, how are you going to love someone else? This is why missional dating never works. If that person can't love God, they can't love you the way they should. Now, watching into all things. Let me show you this in 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to close over here in 2 Corinthians 4. This right here is, will determine whether you're a warrior or a whiner. You know, it's amazing how many times we get on, on, on social media and start whining about our problems, but we never, ever talked to God about them. How many times have we talked to other people about all our issues, but we never talked to God about our issues? How many times have we complained to everybody else under the sun, but not the one who created the sun? How many times have we gone to everyone else with our issues, but not the one who can fix them? Amen? Well, watch this. We're going to talk about, this is is the difference. This is the difference between being a warrior and a whiner. We're going to start in verse number 15. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. What does that mean? That when you give God glory, amen, when you're giving God thanks, God is getting that glory in it. Look at verse number 16. For which cause we faint not. Listen to this. But though our outward man perish, do you know what it's like to go through the fire? Do you know what it's like to go through the darkness? Do you know what it's like to go through the valley of the shadow of death? Though our outward man perish Our outward man goes through the fire. Our outward man goes through the affliction. Our outward man will go through the hour of testing. Though our outward man perish, listen, yet, somebody say yet. Yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. When you, lose, when you lose sight of this, you will lose out on what God's doing in his people. Our outward man will go through the trials, but our inward man can stay on fire for God the whole time. Our outward man may suffer a loss. Our outward man may go through the hour of testing, but the inward man can stay full of the Holy Ghost, full of joy, full of peace. There's times that we will go through trials. There's times that we will go through trials But your soul can be at rest because God is with you in the trial. God is with you in the fire. God is with you in the den of lions. God is with you by the graveside. God is with you in the midnight hour. God is with you when there's nothing in the kitchen. God is with you when no one loves you. God is with you at all times, in all ways. Amen? He said, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You are with me. Even when I go through that valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear. My outward man is going through it, but my inward man is at peace. Because you're here, God, I know it's gonna be all right. said though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day but what happens what happens child of God what happens child of God when you stop going to the Lord in prayer what happens child of God when you stop reading your word what happens child of God when you cut God off how do you get renewed if you're not in prayer and not in the word of God how do you get renewed when you're not walking by faith how do you get renewed then child of God you don't you don't there's no more WD-40 everything gets tight you see without that renewal at work in you you will burn out You are not the little engine that could. You are not the little engine that could. You can't get there on your own. You need God. And when the child of God stops going to the Lord, when our prayer lives diminish, the power of God will diminish. When our prayer lives diminish, the renewing that God does in us will diminish. When we stop going to God and we begin to go after the cares of the world, we have set ourselves up in opposition to God. The Bible says that those things are at enmity with God. Enmity with God. But look what it says. Look what it says. How many of y'all know that our outward man perishes? How many of y'all tired of the outward man perishing? But he's just going to keep on doing that till our day of departure. And if the Lord comes first, it's going to be great because we're going to be caught up in the air. And John says, John said, we don't know how we're going to be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be like him. He's going to give us that new body. Amen. But right now, the hour man perishes. The outward man, the sun's hot. The outward man will get parched. You know that God will do things in you that you never thought possible? Do you know that God will give you joy and confidence even when every door gets shut in your face? I remember when, you know, I remember whenever uh, I was at the funeral of my mother and I was standing there and I was not happy to be there. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to get that phone call, and I didn't want to be there. But I remember standing there at that graveside, and God put in me joy. My outward man was not happy. My outward man was falling apart. But God put joy on the inward man. The outward man was going through fire. Listen, when you lose jobs, when you lose loved ones, when you lose things in life, when when the trials come at you, the outward man is perishing. That's when you've got to press in and let the Spirit of God do that work of renewing you. Listen to the word of God day by day. Don't skip a day. You might skip a day of working out, but don't skip a day of going to God. He said bodily exercise profits a little. A little. But what we desperately need is the word of God working in us, renewing us daily. Our outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse number 17, for our light affliction. Have you ever had a light affliction? He's gonna show you how it's light in just a second. I've never had a light affliction before. Every affliction I've ever had was horrible. Never had a pleasurable affliction. Affliction, let me give you a definition. It's pressure. Pressing down to a place of distress. Look, if, if, if you got all the money in the world, right, Losing a $100 bill is not that distressing to you. But how many of you know when you don't got nothing and the cupboard's bare, that faith will begin to shake a little bit, right? That's when it becomes a fight. That's when you've got to take up that shield of faith and be like, no, God said he's my provider. God said he would meet my needs. He never promised a savings account, but he did promise he'd provide. And he is a provider. You see, that's when that testing comes, and that's when that affliction, it's a distressing. And all of us, at some point in time, we go through these afflictions in life. These afflictions are the, the, the trial, the pressing into a place where we are distressed for our light affliction, which is but for a moment somebody say a moment our light affliction is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory the affliction that comes on you will pass did y'all see that? the affliction that will come on you is only for a moment. It will pass. It will pass. It's not going to consume you when God's in you. It's not gonna overcome you when you're an overcomer. It's not gonna defeat you when you have the victory in Jesus. Any affliction that will come on you is only for a moment. It will pass. It says it's but for a moment. Look at verse number 18. How is it but for a moment? How is it light affliction? How do we know it's going to pass? Key of it is verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, that's the whiner. Well, I don't have anything in the cupboard and nobody called me today and nobody wrote me today and nobody likes me today and nobody asked my opinion for this and nobody did that and nobody did this and da, 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 da. The whiner is always focused on the scene. seen. The whiner is always focused on the temporal things. Those things that you can see with your eyes the things that the world goes after. That's who the whiner is focused on. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. God has called you to take your eyes off of the natural and put your eyes on the supernatural. Look at the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. What divides us from being warriors and whiners are the whiners are focused on the things they see with their eyes. They are focused on the temporal things of life. A warrior, on the other hand, is focused not on the things that they can see with their eyes, but the things they believe by faith. They are focused on the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporal. A warrior for God, someone who fights the good fight of faith, who takes up the shield of faith, is someone who sees what everybody else sees but believes instead what God has said. Everybody sees the same thing, but only the warrior will believe what God said in spite of what they see with their eyes well, I know my cupboard's bare, but God said he's my provider. That's a warrior. A whiner says, the cupboard's bare, I'm gonna starve to death. This is the difference between warring a good war, fighting a good fight, taking up the shield of faith, and then just being a whiner. How many of you know God doesn't want you to focus on the temporal things of life? God will meet those needs in the temporal. But God doesn't want you focused on the temporal. He wants you focused on the eternal. What is the eternal truth? What God has said. What is the temporal truth? What your eyes see. And whichever side you come down will determine whether you're a warrior or a whiner amen let's pray father we thank you for your precious word tonight lord we just pray father that you would help us to take our eyes off of that which is temporal and to cast our eyes on that which is eternal